Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about building a training center with the help of special guests, Ed Hoxbergen of Encore Homes in Middleton, Wisconsin. Alongside Tim Fowler, I am your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. As we always do, encouraging you to send in ideas, guests, volunteer yourself if you want to, but we'd love to keep the show going, so give me some ideas. Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So everybody that's been a listener to the show very long knows that I facilitate groups that are made up of production managers from remodeling companies all over the country. And in the case of our guest today, actually a custom builder. And the big topic, of course, is skills training, development of people, finding new help, so forth like that. So Everybody's handling this in different ways, but at least we're seeing that people are getting something done. In other words, they're doing something about it instead of uh, just complaining. So some of the companies that we work with are actually setting up in-house training regimes. In other words, they have a full lineup of how they want to get their team actually trained up. Others are working with trade schools, others, you know, there's just all kinds of things going on. So in July of 2021, shortly before this uh, episode was recorded, uh, on one of the group calls, one of the members mentioned that they had banded together with a local trade association and they were actually developing a training center. And of course, you know, my ears picked up and I said, you know, we got to have Ed back on the show. Ed was with us in episode 83 with Secrets of the Final Completion List, which I was thought was an amazing uh, thing that he was doing there with his new homes. And so we're going to have him back on the show because he's a great guy, but also because it sounded like what they were doing was more of a long-term investment. In other words, instead of just like one company saying, hey, I need some people, there's a group of people that are saying, you know what, this is not going to go away unless we do something that is long-term. So the thing that's also interesting about it is that they're in the Madison, Wisconsin area. And I've been there a number of times and I know we've had at least one uh, tech teacher on, and I know that whole state has a pretty active technology school system. You know, and so they're actually have the carpentry programs in a school environment. And yet here's a group of people saying, you know what, we need more. And so we're going to chat with Ed about that today. Steve, let's go ahead and get started. All right, Tim. Edward Ed Hoxbergen is the production manager for Encore Homes located in Middleton, Wisconsin, a company that was started in 1979. Encore has always been involved with its local builders association and its founder, the president of the company, and Ed holding the office of president of the association. 
He's currently involved as the chairperson for Skilled Trades Committee, which is looking for ways to promote the building trades to the youth. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tim. Hey, Ed. So give us just a little bit more about Encore. How many homes are you building this year and what's your projection look for the future? Uh, we are in, on course to build 60 homes this year and moving forward to in the next two to three years to be up to 100 homes a year. Wow. You know, that's just mind boggling to me. I think the most I ever built was two in one year. And I'm not even sure I finished them both in the year. So <laughs> that was just that's a lot of work. So just in a nutshell, kind of broad, maybe not a nutshell, but a broad picture. What have you got going on here with this training center? So about six years ago, we were approached by one of our builder members. His name's John McKenzie. He's more of an apartment builder. Um, looked at his business, looked across the state, and the huge need for you know trade workers in general. We need people. We lost a lot of people in 08, 09 with the downturn and never came back. And uh, he approached our association. I was on the board at the time, and he said, we need to come up with a good way to promote the trades to the kids in the schools. We were already doing stuff, uh, career day at our parade of homes, where we invite kids and they tour the homes and we do presentations and stuff like that. We, we still need to do more. And then the idea popped into his mind. He's big into with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County. And he said, well, they got the kids. So we banded the three of us together like I said, it's been six years in the making, and um, we're finally got our building. We're finally working toward a building remodel and other ideas. Yeah, so this actually uh, started quite a while ago, and it was a basically one person sort of sparked the idea in the association. And then obviously it, it takes more than one person, but then others kind of picked up the ball and started running with it. Correct. So you're working with two associations or two groups of people who are volunteering a lot of their time. So that's what took so long and change of leadership on our end and change of leadership on their end and looking at yeah. different buildings. And um, that's partly why it took so long, but we're happy with at today that the building we have is we're very happy with what we have found. So what's what is the relationship between this uh, setup and the boys and girls clubs? Is it going to be exclusively training and and exposure to the boys and girls clubs, or is there going to be other people invited to participate? So up front, we're really focusing on the boys and girls club kids and the schools. The schools are involved. Um, on my committee level, we have tech ed teachers from a couple of schools. We have Madison College teacher on, on, the, on the committee. So they're going to be heavily involved with the curriculum side of things. But the big vision is to go after the unemployed, underemployed, and those other type of people too. Yeah, so this is, so this is a um, adjunct or an additional service beyond the schools where people who might have come from in, not from a difficult background are going to you know be able to go to school where you're reaching out more to that community that really needs that leg up or that step up in in the world is that right 
That's correct. And we also are going to teach, we plan to teach entrepreneurship and owning a business. And, and so it's going to be kind of a top to bottom program is, is our vision and our goal. So it's not just the trades, not just carpentry. It's, it's more about developing people that if they wanted to, they could actually have some business background and, and actually start a business instead of learning it like the rest of us did. You know, we stumble along for 10 years and then we finally figure out that we're supposed to be making money. <laughs> yes, correct. Oh, that's really cool. All right. So what were the first steps? I mean, what, what were some of the things that, that you guys had to do that was kind of just to get it off the ground? First, we had to get the association and their board on, on board, and then the Boys and Girls Club had to get on board, and it seemed like when one was ready to really start hitting the road running, the other one backed off, so we went back and forth that way a little bit. But it was really get the vision, get the idea going, and then find a building, and then develop from there. What were some of the, the roadblocks? I mean, obviously, from where I'm sitting, you know, if I was, you know, on the board of directors for boys and girls clubs, I'd go like anything is helpful, you know, let's do something. And if I was on the board for, you know, the builders association, I would go, yeah, boy, we better do this. What, what were some of the stumbling blocks that people were concerned about? I think a lot of it was the leadership and how, how things are going to, how, how's ownership of two nonprofit organizations going to work? How, how are we going to make that work? Okay. Who's going to be responsible for the building? Who's going to be responsible for ongoing expenses and all that kind of stuff? And do you actually have like a written legal agreement that kind of binds the two groups together at this point? We did develop early on an MOU, correct. Um, Now, Mr. John McKenzie, who came up with the idea, he actually donated the building. Oh, wow. Part of his donation. So that kind of takes some of that stuff out and it's making it a lot much easier yeah that's that's that is really cool so what have you kind of learned from going through this whole process maybe about people or about organizing things or about overcoming difficulty or anything like that what it what have you picked up over at, during this time got to be patient you got to be you know you're gonna have your ups you're gonna have your downs it's like it's like everyday life um, yeah yeah, I think I, I think I'm realizing about me that, you know, if I think something's a great idea and somebody else doesn't think it's a great idea, I really don't have a lot of patience to try to convince them. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, you, you don't like this idea that that's that's okay. So I, I I commend you on your patience because I think I may have uh, may have given up. So I know Ed, you're a firefighter. I know that, uh, or I. 99% certain that firefighters have a lot of training that they do. It's ongoing training. They So is there anything that you brought? Because I guess what I'm looking for is I'm always thinking that the remodeling industry, the building industry ought to mimic something that's going on outside of us because we're not trainers. We, we, we typically don't know that much about training. And so I'm assuming, at least from your vantage point, some of this, you know, some of what you brought to the table had to do with, you know, how were you trained as a fire? Is there anything like that that you you believe you kind of brought to the table that said training's done this way for the fire department and that that kind of shifts over to this new center? 
I didn't really bring anything to that other than, you know, consistent training in the fire service is huge. So you bring that from, from early on in kids in high school or even grade school toward a career in the trades, if they have a consistent training all the way through, it's going to be the same for everyone. And, and across the building industry, that's what you got. You got codes to meet, you got, you got deadlines to meet. So things there need to be consistent too. Yeah. So do you have some curriculum uh, started or started to build? In other words, if you've got, I mean, if you've got somebody that's introduced to you and the training center and they're in the third grade, let's say, or they're at about that age Mm -hmm. and you want to keep that person interested, you know, and again, here's the old man talking. You're fighting against digital games. You're fighting against computers. You're fighting against the phone. At least it feels that way to me. Is, is there something already started in terms of developing? How do you keep that third grader engaged until they want to, you know, they can and, and they want to start using some tools or become an architect or whatever other trades might pop out of there? Is there, is there something that that's focusing on that? There's a couple of things with that. The first thing is with the Boys and Girls Club, they're with these kids already in the schools and in, in the after-school programs. So they're going to be able to keep those kids engaged. Um, from a training standpoint and then a curriculum standpoint, we applied through the national associations uh, for the HBI um, and got that grant. So we got the curriculum there. In between that and our high school contact and our as an area technical college contact, they'll develop the training together along with um, Doug Whittish, who was hired by the Boys and Girls Club to run the program. Wow. Yeah, we had we had someone from HBI on the podcast at one point. That's a that's a fantastic thing that they've got going on. And uh, I'm glad that you're engaged. They've got some great textbooks and some great you know programs overall. So that sounds fantastic. So you actually have a director and who, yes. what was his name again? Doug Whittish. And what's his background? He was, he worked for First Supply Plumbing uh, Supplier. Um, he worked for our association, I believe in the past as well. So he's, he's been in the building industry in, in one way or shape or form most of his nice. career. Um, so again, it's, it's taken the great the high school and the college and make make sure that that curriculum all drives so then at the end they you know they can keep moving and stepping up and then have a certificate at the end now are are builders from the area gonna be involved in the teaching aspect or is that is there going to continue to be a volunteer presence from the association uh with this program that is our goal is to have plumbers teaching the plumbing aspect and framers that framing aspect. So we do really hope to get those trades involved with the teaching aspect as well, or the mentorship aspect as well. Yeah. Okay. So when, when will it actually open up? I mean, you say you've got the building now, when do you think this is actually going to kick off and maybe the first class starts coming through? Um, it's probably going to be late next year. Um, we're going to a big building remodel. Okay. Um, we know so, about that. Right. <laughs> so, Hey, did you, Hey, did your contractor promise you it'd be two weeks, then it'll be done. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're going through fundraising right now and the plans to get the plans to where we want to go through. Um, so we're anticipating starting that project the first of January of 2022. Um, and they're anticipating about a nine month build. So Ed, how do you fit this in to everything else that you have going on? I mean, it's, it's a passion project, obviously it's going to be incredibly beneficial, but how does it fit into everything with everybody involved? Um, we schedule a one meeting a month and it's about an hour. So the committee gets together and, and discuss things and, and where we're at with our different um, things that we're working on. And um, that's and everybody so I just, has their I just, homework. Yep. Just budget that hour, hour a month for it and, and work everything else around it. Okay. So obviously this costs money, right? Um, even with the volunteers, uh, the building's been donated, but I'm sure we're, uh, Dane County's not going to let you get away without, you know, paying something, you know, and uh, I'm assuming the director's going to get paid um, along the way as a full-time job. Uh, may not be right on that, but I assume it would be. So, um, and you mentioned fundraising. So what have you been doing for fundraising? And if you, if it's okay, can you tell us how much money it's taken so far and maybe how much you've raised? So we, we are going to raise $17 million for the project. 17 million. And right now we are at about nine, but of that 17 million, we're, we're creating a $10 million endowment fund. Okay. So this program will continue to self-feed itself off of that. So we're not mm. continually to go through and fundraise all the time. So again, I'm just fascinated by this because, you know, I've never seen $9 million and I don't even think I'll ever in my whole, unless I live to be like 2000 years old, I'll ever see two $9 million. But like, is this just coming from, hundred dollars here, hundred dollars there, or do you have some builders and so forth that have been generous? So we, we won't name names or numbers, but um, we've, how, how have you gotten all this money? We've, we've got a few donors who have don't donated millions okay. and, you know, hundreds. So it's a wide range. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone's, all the associate members, builder members, everyone's getting involved. And one of the big things up front was we were, concerned about the fundraising aspect, but it's, right. it's really coming through and taking care of itself for the most part. And every time we seem to do a little push uh, through media or whatever, through our, our, our ways of communication, we get two or three more donations of some sort. Wow. Well, you only need another 8 million, right? I mean, it seems like it's just a drop in the bucket. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I just, again, it incredible. it's just so it's just so mind-boggling to me to to even have taken on a task like this. And I know it does help when there's other like-minded people. And then certainly the fact that people have donated such large sums of money just keeps the the emotion going. You know, if if you were if you had shoot for 17 million and you had raised a million, it might be a little bit discouraging. But this is definitely. Uh, something that makes it really, um, really doable. Any other little things, Ed, that maybe uh, you can think of that would be good for the listeners to know about what you guys have been doing? Some of the other things we've been doing is we're getting the National Trade Association involved too. Um, NHB is, is coming up the plate. Um, we, this thing is probably going to 
getting recognized nationally and could become a new model. So uh, we had Jerry Howard from NHB get on here at the groundbreaking ceremony and he spoke and it worked out well and he's excited. And um, so we're just, we're, we're shooting for the moon on a lot of this stuff and we're, we're going as high up as we can. Yeah, well, you know, shooting for the moon, when NASA went to shoot for the moon, you know, they just kind of kept, you know, inching along and then discovery, you know, decision, 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 and they finally made it, you know, so it looks like you're, you know, it looks like you're on a good track. Yeah. Ed, what's been the most unexpected thing along the way? I think for me, again, I think it was the fundraising aspect of it, how fast that took off once once we started making it aware that we do have a, um, a building and this is going to happen and how quickly, you know, everyone started donating and how quickly the boys and girls club, they're very good at fundraising and they started reaching out right away. And, and that's kudos to Michael Johnson and his team. Yeah. Did you target, you know, some large organizations and then the rest was events and things like that, or how did that happen? Cause you mentioned millions from like, uh, most, most of it so far has been larger organizations or members we know or people we know or people they know. And we've only had one or two fundraising events, kind of more of low key type stuff, nothing real big yet. Wow. Um, yeah. We also created throughout the beginning process, created different goals. Like you can have the kitchen and named after you for this amount of money and the, and this room for this amount of money. So we, we, we created some of our own yeah. funds that way. So that gets us a fair amount of the ways there as well. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about a couple of times in my world where, you know, I've tried to do some things with organizations and people tend to say, like, what's in it for me? You know, in other words, if I'm going to give you $100,000, do you promise me five employees? And it doesn't sound like that's an issue for you guys, that people have been super generous and have been willing, even though, you know, long-term, there may be some people coming out of it for the current builders and the current remodelers in the Madison area, but maybe not. Maybe you won't see any, quote, return in terms of skilled people coming out of this thing for several years, and yet people have been willing to donate. Yeah, it, 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 the goal is to get these people into the residential market, whether it's remodeling or, or new home building. Yeah, in the trades. So um, we've got to be honest. They'll, they'll go toward the commercial market as well. But um, yeah, you know, just getting the bodies that everybody needs—that's that's what the key here is. So I'll tell you what: when I was when I was doing a little bit of this stuff with uh, Home Builders Association around here, I was visiting schools, and what the the trade teachers in the schools were telling me that if you put volunteers in the schools, the kids will go work for them. And because the, they, the trade, the unions around here had a number of people in the schools and the kids all went and worked for unions. And the problem that we had was that the builders and remodelers didn't want to spend the time that it takes. And so if you can keep the volunteers engaged with those kids, 
they're going to leave your program and, and go work for the people that are engaged with the program. It's, it's almost a guarantee because it's rela so relational. All right. Well, Ed, any last little golden nuggets for us? Anything that you just go like, hey, this is, this is popping out of me. I got to tell everybody. No, I think I'm good. Like I said, it's been a long road and we've been happy and um, excited that it's going to finally get off the ground and working here soon. All right. So about a year from now, we'll get you back on, find out what's going on. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Ed, for being here again, sharing some great information with us and the best of luck to everybody there in that uh, organization as well as yourself. Thank you. Tim, another fantastic episode of somebody who is uh, not relying on it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Doing extra things, you know, and I'm just amazed at the amount of money, the amount of people coming together for this. It's just, it's inspiring. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, like I said, said in the podcast, you know, I think if I'd have been at it a couple of years, it would have been discouraging you know, and so I commend them for their their patience, for their tenacity, uh, for the vision, you know, uh, and and working with another organization, which has obviously helped them. You know, sometimes builders and remodelers are very like close to the chest, like we're not, you know, we're not getting along with anybody else. And I commend them for really reaching out and making that happen. It, it's just absolutely amazing uh, to me. Yeah, so I, again, I, I just, it's, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. And, you know, we had uh, my friend David Jacobs on a little while ago and, you know, speaking to people in, you know, underserved communities, just giving um, the availability of this, of the trades of resources to uh, people that may not, usually have it is incredibly, you know, helpful. And yeah. And, and just, again, just the exposure, you know, it's just like yeah. who, how many kids even know that yeah. they can make a really good living. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing that I, I think was really cool about what Ed was saying. They're not going to say, look, they're not going to teach only like this is a board and this is a nail and this is how you put them together. Yeah. It's going to be some entrepreneurial stuff in there, some yeah. business development. And so it, it's only going to help anybody that gets engaged with them and, uh, and just put them in another uh, opportunity to succeed in life. And, yep. you know, what, what else can you ask for? You know, it's just that, that, that little bit of help. So awesome. I, I uh, again, just so excited. Yeah. I'm glad Ed spoke up in a meeting and, and basically turned himself in to let us uh, get him <laughs> on and talk about this because this is exciting. This is fun stuff. And I hope it inspires some other folks all around the country. It really is. All right. So we want to thank Ed Hoxbergham for joining us. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show. And remember at the Tim Fowler show, we're working hard to eliminate. It is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.